Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back to Torn, Finding a Mom-Life Balance. And this week's episode, I am so excited, continuing on in the theme of honoring women for Women's History Month, we have with us Karin Raboli. And she is an amazing woman. I'm excited to do life with her, to partner with her in this thing we call parenting. So, Karin, thanks for joining me in memes today. Oh, thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. Really excited to connect. So, for folks that get to know you as well as we know you, uh, tell us where you're located, your kids' age ranges, about your marriage, anything you would like for us to share. Okay. I am in Waxhaw. Or... Yeah, North Carolina people, North Carolina. <laughs> okay, North we're, Carolina. We're, we're in the Carolinas. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Waxhaw is like a, mm, we're out in the country area. So, there's a lot of land and a lot of space in between houses and stuff. So, it's kind of nice. A lot different from what I'm used to in Florida. Um, I have two kiddos. My daughter is six and my son is nine. I have three cats. And I've got an awesome husband who I've been married to for 13 years this year. Nice. And so you're originally from Florida. Yes. How for long since... have you been out of Florida? Um, since, let's see, November of 2017. Oh, nice. So this is still relatively a new adventure. <laughs> Very. <laughs> but let me, I love the change of seasons because in Florida it is hot all year round that's a nice change like boots were a new concept to me when I moved here (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome adding accessories (laughs) to your closet that's always a perk Um, so a big topic that we often are curious um, to know how other moms feel about it is what was your overall impression of motherhood now when you became a mom in particular stages of motherhood I would say that it's really important, like right now, especially when I'm homeschooling, you realize the impact you have on these lives and how important it is to just kind of be with them in the moment and enjoy it, you know, um, take advantage of the little moments that you have because you have an impact on their lives. And um they impact you as well. That is exactly motherhood. And so I was wondering before you had Lucas, your oldest, um, uh-huh. was motherhood something that you said, yes, this has to be part of my story? Or mm-hmm. was it, oh, this is now part of my story? Because <laughs> that's you know, that's where I was coming I know. from. It's like, oh, now this is part of my story. But was it something that you always desired as a little girl? Um, and if so, who kind of modeled mom in a way for you that you said, oh, I want to be a mom one day? When I was younger, yes, I did want to be a mom. 
Um, I didn't know how many kids, but I knew I wanted a lot because I love being around family and I wanted that my kids to have that when they got older. Well, I had pictured when Chris and I got married, a lot bigger family, like <laughs> I wanted 12 kids. <laughs> And Chris was like, yeah, sure. And then it slowly got smaller to about four. And I was like, I can do four. Well, um, Chris and I, we didn't even have an idea. We were like, okay, well, let's be married for a few years. Well, God had other plans. Um, I think, let's see. I We got married in 2008. I, had Lu- I found out I was pregnant with Lucas in 2010. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> No, but I, I had a really awesome support system. <laughs> um, but, you know, it ended up not being four kids. It ended up being two. And, you know, later on down the road, if God wants us to adopt, then that's another story. But <laughs> let's just say 12 kids is a bit much. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> another yeah. one of those things that's what a better idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good yeah. concept. This is a fantastic idea. 12 kids. Well, you know, you'd have a baseball team or a basketball team or a second string and all. <laughs> and then you have plenty of kids to do chores around the house. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's one of the, the, the concepts we always discuss, fantasy versus reality. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would still be alive if I tried to have <laughs> I was saying, I wonder, um, so once you did become a mom, were there things that were you know, different than you imagined them or better than you imagined them or surprised because you hadn't even considered that aspect of motherhood. I think one of, well, I know a lot of people say this, but having, having Lucas and not realizing how much you could love somebody, you know, when I had him, I was like, Oh my God, I love this little person. And it's just like, your heart just grows. And it was, it's just really cool. And like, even, you know, now that he's nine and my daughter is six, it's like as much as they drive me nuts with like fighting or like just, I still, I love them so much. And it's like, they're my therapy. And it's like, they, um, you know, on the days that they drive me crazy, they also like love on me. And like Lucas, <laughs> he'll come up to me and he's like, roll my shoulders. He's like, mom, I'm so sorry. I was not listening today. I'm sorry I was a pain. (laughs) (laughs) Reflective. (laughs) Reflective. That's a great trait that he's working on. (laughs) I know. He's a really sweet kid. Uh, And it's funny that he does that because then it it, kind of takes me out of my funk if I'm in one. You know, it's like, okay, uh, I love you, Lucas. You know, yes, you were. And, you know, but you apologize for it. So let's work on that. So what are some of the things that motherhood has let you... Um, learn about yourself um that I can do it Mm. you know um I think before I had kids you know I kind of had some doubt in myself and becoming a mom and it kind of pushes you and um I think (laughs) if I can keep these two kids alive (laughs) I can do it you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I can do other things too. Like you kind of have, you're given this responsibility to take care of these kids and you kind of have to, it's like, there's no excuses. 
you have to do it. Okay. I have to keep them healthy. I have to, you know, keep them going. I have to teach them these things. You know, if I don't, then, you know, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, it, that's my responsibility as a mom, as a parent. And when I realized that I'm like, okay, I just got to do it. And then, oh, I can do it. You know, I was also thinking of that bravery of that recognition of those things in yourself um, had a lot to do with your decisions on career, on school for you. You know, you mentioned that you homeschool. Did that mm-hmm. like give you the bravery or, or let you know you had the wherewithal <laughs> to to take the shift and take the plunge or create your life the way you want it to see it? Yeah, I love that you said that memes because that's exactly what I was just going to say is that, Karin, you exemplify bravery. The fact that you moved from Florida to Carolinas, very different, <laughs> to, go, <laughs> yeah. to go from flip-flops to boots, people, <laughs> is a big change. And to not have family, right, nearby. And so you make a lot of brave decisions. And so... I, I would love to talk about like how seeing that you can do it, like this motherhood, you got it, you're doing it, you can do it. And how that impacted your decision to transition this past year from, you know, being a stay at home, from being a career woman to being a stay at home mom and then investing and refocusing. Cause folks, we haven't even hit on this yet. You're, you do photography, right? So I just want to dig into that and share with our Torn Tribe kind of how did you make that decision? Well, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will say this. A lot of my decision making, the Lord had softened my heart to think about possibly moving somewhere else. And I loved the Carolinas. We, he does have a sister in Winston-Salem and he does have an aunt in Monroe, but it's not like they're down the street, you know? Um, so when we made that decision, God had put a verse on my heart, which keeps coming through my life, which is awesome. It's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the new plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope in the future, not to harm you. Um, and it's like when he kept, putting that verse in my path, it wasn't just like on a page or it wasn't just like I kept reading it on the, in my Bible every day. It was popping up everywhere I was going in sermons. And I was at my mom's house and it was on her napkins. And <laughs> so I was like, okay, are we moving Lord? Is this your, is this your plan for me? <laughs> and there have been so many different circumstances where people would say to me, well, are you sure you're moving? Or do you really think that? Well, God's called Chris to a job possibility up in North Carolina. And he's been showing me the same Bible verse over and over and over again. I have a piece about it. So it was like, it was really exciting and it was hard for us to move. Well, maybe not so much for Chris because he wanted to get away from the hot weather and, you know, he loves seasons and I wanted to stay by the beach. I love the beach, but God slowly changed my heart to move up here. And as much as it was hard to leave family and friends behind, I knew this was where God wanted us to be. And then when it came around this year to leaving last year, to leaving my job, um, I really prayed about it. And I felt like 
he had showed me a couple instances in my son's school where I didn't really feel comfortable with the curriculum and I wasn't sure how to go about it. And I wasn't sure about, you know, losing that income. So when that came around and then COVID hit, I'm like, I can't possibly work full time. Him being home with my daughter or how am I going to do school with them? And how are they going to learn and then wear masks? I'm like, this is just crazy. It was not possible. So knowing how my husband was raised in the homeschool community and seeing how he turned out and seeing how much he has learned from you left. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did that. I did that. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> we love you. Chris, if you're listening, we're supporting you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just pickled to know you were the testimony that led to homeschooling. <laughs> oh, he wasn't the only one, but like his mom is amazing, and like seeing how she taught and like seeing stuff that she does now as a homeschool teacher, um, not just with her own kids, but she does stuff with homeschoolers with um creation oh gosh creation studies creation science with with a christian creation science program in florida and she teaches kids all these cool things about science and it's amazing it's all hands-on and it's these homeschoolers that are learning and their kids that come on saturdays and whatnot to these classes but seeing how my kids could do that being homeschooled I wanted to take that opportunity to teach them like that. And I think that being in the environment I was in at my job, um, I was a daycare, a toddler teacher at a daycare. And I had also worked in the other groups, um, like the twos and the infants and then the school age. And seeing how a lesson plan can be written out, I was like, this isn't that bad. I think I could do it. And I had a lot of people that would tell me, Karin, you're such a great teacher. You know, the, the kids have fun and you have fun with it and you enjoy teaching. I said, huh, <laughs> Lord, maybe I could do this. Maybe it won't be as scary as I thought it would be. You know, I had seen other homeschool um, examples where kids didn't really thrive in it. But then when I've seen more recently how kids are thriving and I have lots of friends that homeschool their kids, not just at our church, but people who I've met through Facebook and who live in um, the area that I live in and being able to meet up and just seeing how their kids have such a, I'm not going to say godly perspective, but they, um, they are so filled with the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And they're just, it's just really cool to see how they are learning and how much they are learning, how much they enjoy learning being homeschooled. Whereas in the environment that kids are in right now with having to wear the mask, having to be, you know, socially distanced and it's just, and that stuff they're learning in school, it's just, maybe it's more so in the public school, but um, I just, I wanted to embrace that and see what would happen, you know? It's really inspiring to hear um, multiple aspects of your story you're sharing with us just show me that you don't impose limits on yourself. I don't know if you've 
if you feel that it rings true, um, but being willing to move, um, considering a different dynamic for school for your children, considering um, changing career path and trying your own business. I think it's inspiring to hear that with faith, you've you your roadmap has been that the messages right because then we know that the lord will just send us like that's the thing and let me send you these messages and we could ignore them sometimes or maybe we miss one but there's a lot of other ones and then we finally (laughs) realize that he's insisting on this message um like oh i think (laughs) you know you were comfortable trusting that faith but it's also just reimagining and and it's inspiring to me because i think we're at a time where there is no limit um where we have access to so much information there's lots of independent businesses being created people can travel um all over but also they can work with people from all over they don't have to be in the same place like you know as much as the pandemic has been difficult Mm -hmm. it also has like torn down boundaries um and it's just very inspiring to see that while you're navigating so many different things you were still willing to say without a blueprint i'm gonna have faith and i'm gonna listen to the you know the messages i'm getting but also the feedback i'm getting around me the inspiration i'm getting from others and navigate so i'm just curious also of what those around you your family were thinking um as you were grappling with these decisions and transitions? Uh, Well, Chris full on supported it. He said how it took (laughs) you long enough. (laughs) He really liked having them in school when they were in like kindergarten and whatnot, but he knew that as they got older, they were going to start teaching other things like um, based off of like the science aspect, as far as creation versus evolution and other things, and he wanted to, um, what do you call, he wanted to pull them out before that, Mm -hmm. and so he was one of my, he is the hugest supporter that I have. Now, I have friends that are very supportive, and then I had some friends who were asking how long I was going to be doing it for. And if I was going to be putting them in school after this, and for a little bit, I was like, well, maybe, maybe if things change a little bit, we'll go back. But I don't think I am. And I, my family is very supportive. My mom, um, she homeschooled my brother for a short period of time, but it didn't work out. Um, (laughs) Let's just say my brother wasn't, didn't want to do it. (laughs) So... Um, she said, well, I hope that it'll work out. And um, she always is sending me resources to use for the kids, which is awesome. And my um, Chris's mom, she has sent me um, multiple like math manipulatives and um, science stuff for the kiddos, which is really cool. And I think the only people that have really questioned my decision have been strangers. And I'll be in the store and I'll just be chatting with somebody and they'll see my kids and I'll say, Oh yeah, we're home. I don't even know how it comes <laughs> up. It just comes up just talking yeah. about school and like, Oh, she'll like some person will say like, Oh, I have um, a boy and a girl and they're in school here, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Oh, I homeschool. Oh, you homeschool. 
but yeah, people will say like, oh, well, you know, you're homeschooling. Oh, do they get to socialize? <laughs> no one's socializing now. So there. <laughs> oh, I mean, they go to church. We, um, we have a program that we go to during the week and they see friends and family. I'm like, oh. I just think people, they don't, if they don't know much about homeschooling, that's the, they automatically go to what the assumption is, is that, <laughs> or the assumption in their mind, which is, the kids are stuck at home doing books in their room and not talking to anybody and there is no fun. I, I just think they have this weird idea, you know, and it's not like that. Yeah. They'd have to go in their room and do their work if they're not getting along. Um, prevent world war three. Um, <laughs> but you know, other than that, we, if we're done with our schoolwork or sometimes the schoolwork will have us go out and do stuff. And there'll be projects where we have to go out and purchase things or research things, or sometimes there's homeschool days at different, you know, facilities and where we'll have like a play date with another friend who homeschools. And, you know, that's what it's about. And um, I think a lot of people out there don't know that. Yeah. And I love that you're hitting on that because I remember um, when we were doing strictly just homeschool for Sasha for a couple of years, you know, we kind of got the same sense. And to be honest, since I didn't grow up around homeschoolers, like, I think it's awesome that Chris actually grew up as a homeschool child. And so you have an adult that has gone through it. But me and Steve, we went through regular traditional school. And so we didn't really know Mm -hmm. what to expect with the homeschool. So when like posed with those questions, we didn't really know all the time how to answer what we were going to do. So to kind of open up that window for those of our listeners that are completely not aware of homeschool life, what does your typical day look like? Um, and it, and I know being a homeschooler, every day doesn't look the same, but there are some consistent mm-hmm. things that happen throughout the week and no, your kids are not sitting on the couch watching TV and playing Nintendo all day. <laughs> so um, typically we'll get up in the morning. I have, I want them. I mean, I know some people will have their kids, like let them be in their pajamas or whatever, but I feel like they need to be dressed for the day. Um, so I'll have them get dressed, eat breakfast, you know, and then we'll sit down and we have a devotion. And after that, I have them get their books. And I'll go over with them their assignment for the day or assignments in their books for the day. Like they have a math book or a language arts book. So those are their basic things that, well, mostly Lucas can pretty much do on his own. Um, And if he has any questions, he can ask me. And Ileana, I will usually do, give her a little bit more guidance. And she is only (laughs) six years old. Um, So she needs a little bit more help. But then after that, uh, we are doing the good and the beautiful. And I like that they have um, family curriculum where if it's like history or science, you sit down as a family and you do the assignment together. And it's really cool because I I really enjoy their lessons. My kids love their history lessons. Okay. Like that's awesome. So we either do, uh, they'll do their individual stuff. And then we've been um, meeting back once we're done in the living room and we'll do our history lesson together, which is usually um, reading something. And then sometimes there's an audio drama that they listen to 
And then they do like a worksheet, which can involve like drawing a picture or tracing or um, coloring something that relates to what they learned. And um, we also do read alouds, which I wasn't sure like how that was going to work out. And because I've never really done that before, you know, first time homeschooler. So, uh, but the read alouds are really awesome and they love to sit and just listen. And then they are engaged throughout the story and it really impacts like how they um, think throughout the day. And I, um, they use, gosh, my kids have such big imaginations and <laughs> um, when they like to recall the story and sometimes they'll be in their going about their day and they'll say oh mom remember when we read this today and remember this and um the books that we're doing for history are historical fiction and it's just really cool that they mm -hmm. enjoy history you know um and science we're doing space which is really cool so they're learning about galileo and the different planets and they really like that and then you know there's also going to be days where we do um like arts and crafts or science experiments. So um, we usually get finished around like 1.30, but at, like before we finish, we usually like to have lunch. So we'll have lunch together as well. And then after that, they just pretty much, um, they can do their chores and then- That's have awesome. Time. Yeah, see people, people actually do school at home. It's just like working from home. We're not twiddling our thumbs and taking <laughs> extra naps. <laughs> we're actually working <laughs> that's right <laughs> but again you know it's yeah, your first yeah. year homeschooling another step of bravery another step of I can do it and so I know we haven't hit on this but I want to talk about your photography business and kind of some of the shifts that okay. you've made because I've used your services I love our pictures. Yes. You're amazing at it. They are yeah. lovely. You capture my little munchkins so well. I know. If, if we could only keep them in a picture. <laughs> no, no sound. Well, no, if, they, if they could just carry over that peace and harmony to real life, if I could get that. Because they're so calm and beautiful in their pictures. So Man. what has driven that passion that led you to photography? And then kind of what are some of the new things you're doing with your business? I started getting interested in photography when I was about 15. And when my class was really awesome in high school, we learned how to develop our own film and print our own pictures in the darkroom. And it was that experience that really just, kind of cemented it for me I don't know what it was but it was just the most awesome thing being able to take pictures and create something and feeling like I had accomplished something I think it was and um, then learning about the different aspects of photography and what it hit me first was documentary photography that's what I had really wanted to do and I went to school in um, Fort Lauderdale at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale and I was originally going to try to go work for a newspaper or a magazine. Well, um, shortly after the digital cameras came out, they stopped using a lot of photographers in newspapers. And people were sending out their reporters with their camera phones or like their digital cameras, which were like mm -hmm. you know, cheap or whatever. And I felt like the art of photojournalism was kind of being um, shut down in the South Florida area. 
So when I graduated, um, I had already been assisting several different photographers in the wedding photography industry or the commercial photography industry. And um, I hadn't really found my niche. And I started working for a small local magazine and it was fun. I enjoyed it. I was doing some sports photography for them, but it wasn't enough. So I had to stop for a bit because there really wasn't a market for it at the time. And I started working for other companies like a hospital or I do boat detailing or I did a bunch of other jobs just to kind of make some money. And my photography just kind of took a back burner for quite a while. So when we moved up here, um, I was like, you know, this is my chance to start over, my chance to build my own niche. And I hadn't really started doing photography or started thinking about photography until my sister-in-law started um, started really talking to me about it. I noticed she started doing photography after I had. And I was like, you know, I miss doing that. I miss being able to take those pictures, but I felt like I wasn't up to par anymore. And I didn't have what I needed to really edit photos or um, really polish my skill. So she really invested in me. Um, she started giving me tips on my photography and it was humbling because you know when you've been doing something for a long time or feel like you went to school for it so you know more it's really humbling when people want to offer you help but when that they're wanting to help you and wanting you to do well and so i was like okay lord i'm just gonna listen and see where this goes and so throughout that she eventually saw that I wanted to start my own business and really encouraged me and gave me one of her cameras. And then on top of that, she set up my photography page on Facebook. She set up all these other things for me, set up my email, set up my um, editing, um, uh, my editing page on another website. She did all this stuff for me to help me. And I think, you know, I really need to take advantage of this and really push myself. If she believes in me, then I need to start believing in myself. And I need to start using this gift that God has given me and not wasting it. So I was talking to a friend at work and she had mentioned that she hadn't had any family pictures of her and her son and her husband. And her son has autism. So it's always been difficult for her to get any good photos. And I said, well, let me do some photos for you. And we had a small photo shoot and I had such a great time. I really enjoyed getting the photos of him and her and her husband. And they came out really nice. And seeing how much she enjoyed those photos and really treasured them. It was like, okay, this is what I'm made for. This is what. God wants me to do because I'm able to make a family happy with these photos that they can treasure and give to others. And it just, it kind of cemented it for me. So after that, 
is when I started pursuing it more and really pushing myself and taking more photos and trying to learn more. And this was one of my coworkers. So this was probably back in June of last year. And when I decided to stop doing uh, working, I was like, well, I know what my second, my form of income is going to be because photography can be anytime, any place. And I can, it, it doesn't require a huge amount of hours to make, you know, a good bit of money. And I would actually get paid what I'm worth, you know? And Chris, he's like, that's about time. <laughs> he's always pushing me to do better. And um, I appreciate him for that. And so with that, I started putting together more photos and asking for help and advice from other people. And it's slowly been growing. I've slowly been pulling myself out of my self-doubt and um, just doing my research and practicing and um, not being scared about it. Because when you start a business like that, you got it's so easy to get scared that you're not going to give the right price or you're giving away too much or your person's not going to like their photo. And there's so many things that go through your head that it's just easier to not do it than it is to face your fear and do it. Sure. So again more bravery and fearlessness and <laughs> um vision vision like um but because what what i realize is that sometimes we can get so stuck to the idea of how we thought it was supposed to be and this could be in our career ourselves as a person a lot in in parenting that we have this expectation and when it's not, and this is when we have a hard time listening to the messages that are so clearly coming to us um, because we want to make that path work. We're not listening to the guidance that we're getting in a natural way. And I really love that you mentioned um, the humility it took to take that advice that someone was offering these things and that you had to recognize it was coming from an authentic place and that you wanted it was almost giving you also the the wings to trust in your skill again and, and take it up because an outside person was was trusting that you could do it and had faith in your skill. Um, I think that's a really beautiful way to be mo motivated and it's empowering in those scary moments when you're not sure what's next. So I really appreciate you sharing that reflection on it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the rawness with the doubt and the and the fears because I think we all go through that, whether it's deciding, okay, I'm going to adopt or I'm going to become a mom or I'm going to get married or I'm going to start a new career, or I'm going whatever it is that we're doing. And I don't know if it happens more to women than men. I'm a woman, so I will say it happens a lot to me <laughs> where mm -hmm. those those thoughts can paralyze us and keep us from achieving greatness. So I love that the battle's there, but that didn't cause you to not step into the arena and take it on regardless. It's like, yes, I do have all these fears and yes, I do have all these insecurities, but they're not going to stop me from stepping forward and actually getting it out there. And so 
Um, can you share with us your handle, your Facebook page name and all that so that folks can find you? Because these pictures are beautiful people. My Facebook page is Karen Raboli Photography, and I will spell my name. Um, Karen is K-A-A-R-Y-N, and Raboli is R-A-B-O-L-L-I. So Karen Raboli Photography. And my Instagram, Karen Raboli underscore photo. And then my um, Gmail is photo at gmail.com and uh, folks will right. also have that in our show notes so that way you can click on it as well because <laughs> well we appreciate your transparentness with us and just the rawness of your story and that you're another mom doing it all right homeschooling married mm-hmm. photography business and just you know listening to the signs that are out there and so thank you for joining us today and uh torn tribe if you have any questions or any comments or any uh things that you want to encourage current about or ask her about just hit us up on torn um, mlb at gmail.com oh thanks Oh, and the picture of the little boy I was telling you about, um, he's on my page. He's got a little cowboy Oh, yes, hat he's on. adorable. I've seen that picture. You know. <laughs> and now for our men's segment, where we share a highlight from the week. So, memes, what's mending you? I'm actually, I was questioning before we started this conversation, and I have to say this conversation, this conversation had a lot of messages that I needed to hear at this point where I'm like ripping my hair out at home and ripping my hair out at work and keeping a sane face on Zoom. Um, I just think I am always compelled by stories of women who, like you were saying, step into the arena. We can only take judgment from those that are in there with us fighting and sweating and and doing it and so I really appreciate um Karen and her story I appreciate the messages that the Lord send us and our the heart we have to have to trust them to trust that what's on the other end is really what's best intended for us and I needed that mend today the Karen what's mending you Um, I'm gonna say, um, hmm, yeah, sure. go ahead. Can I share two things. Okay, so one thing is my um, my mom support group. You know, uh, when you're feeling like you're losing your mind when you're homeschooling and you are at home by yourself while the other person is working, and I just need to reach out to somebody and I am so thankful that I have all these women in my life who I can just be like, okay, what do I do? I feel like I'm losing it. And they will say, you're not losing it. Try this. And they're, they're just other moms and we're able to lift each other up and hold try to hold each other together, you know, and knowing that I'm not alone in this, um, having good friends to just be there awesome. for you. So the other thing is just having my kids that have, you know, crazy senses of humor. And when they're driving me crazy, <laughs> they also make me laugh. Like, 
Yes, I love that. And uh, your mend is always what this show is about, finding your torn tribe mm-hmm. <laughs> and realizing you cannot do life alone. So, yes, amen to that. And what about you, Athena? Yeah, I would say what's mending me um, yeah. is a verse that I read in Exodus 23. And it's been, it was eye-opening. And it was a verse that reminded me of my abuela, my grandmother, who passed uh, a year ago. And so she would always encourage me because I am not patient. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) If anybody knows me, you understand that I'm not patient. I'm type A. It's got to get done now. And it should have been done two days ago. So being that way, she would always say to me, Athena, Little by little, the hen gathers little by little, and it still gets done. And little by little, and God will meet you, you know. And so I was reading in Exodus this past weekend, and one of the verses that came up was about the Lord telling the children of Israel, I'm going to take you through all these battles, and here's the name of the armies and the people that I'm going to have you battle against, and I'm going to give you the victory, but I am not going to have you win all these battles in just one year. Little by little, <laughs> you will gain victory. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and he even gave the reason. <laughs> he said, because if we wipe them all out in a year you will have too much good land to take care of and you won't be able to. So it just hit my heart. Mm. I was like, oh man, mm. I'm, I'm just not ready <laughs> wow. for all the goodness. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> gotta build your artillery. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get ready for the goodness. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, Lord, little by little, we will take down and I'm thankful for the victory and prepare me for the goodness because my hands yeah. are open. My hands are wide open. Like, bring it. So, yes, waiting, expecting. So that was my men that, yes, I'm going to go through tough times. And it's going to feel like I'm constantly going through a tough time. But it's just so that I can appreciate the goodness and the right amount of doses. So um, that was my men. Yeah. So Torn Tribe, we love to hear from you. We would love to hear your inputs and for you to stay connected and not miss a beat. So me, tell our folks how to stay connected. So on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, we are at TornMLB. Please email us your torn uh, moments, your men's to TornMLB at gmail.com. And we will have Karen's information in our show notes. Thanks for joining Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose, choose grace. grace. <laughs> yeah, you, you you might end nope. up being like the woman that, um, you know, that nursery rhyme, the woman that had 12 kids and lived in a shoe. And <laughs> I think it ends with her spanking them all soundly to bed. <laughs> yes, but where's her husband? He probably like ran away. 